Hey everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. And remain standing. If you got your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Would you give me just a few minutes this morning? This is Vision Sunday. We're starting a series called Building God's Way. And I believe God is calling us to see lives built families built, relationships restored. God is going to do some amazing things. But I want to talk to you this morning about building God's way and the vision God has for Landmark Church. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing. Well, I thank you that you are building your house. And Father, I just pray a blessing upon the word right now. I just pray that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. We thank you for these moments together. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. High five somebody and say, Jesus loves you and I'm trying. And you may be seated. Throughout the Bible, vision and the understanding of vision is very important. If you ever heard sermons on vision, then you've heard these um, kind of scriptures used before. But the Bible says that without a vision, my people perish. They cast off restraint. They don't know where to go. One, one man said where, the, where there is no vision, people go to another parish. They move on. Because, they want to, because people want to be a part of something that has direction behind it. In Habakkuk, God says this. He says, write the vision and make it plain so that those that run may run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but it, though it tarry, it will still come to pass. In other words, what God is saying is write what you, God is calling you to do and make it plain so you know how to run with it. We'll talk about that for our families and our lives in the next few weeks, but I want to say this to you. Yesterday, we went to a birthday party for, uh, we had to go to Shawnee, Sarah's um, best friend's kid, six years old. She's been a part of their life since day one, literally. And so we go to their birthday party, and Sarah says, go to Shawnee. Well, I mean, there's about three ways to get from here to Shawnee. You can go up I-40 and go that way. You can you know, go 240. You can go through Highway 9 through Pink and all that area. And so I'm trying to decide, how do I go? We didn't have the exact address at the time. We knew the general direction, so I'm taking off. But once we got the address, once we knew exactly and it was locked in, then my anxiety kind of went down a little bit because I knew where I was headed. I knew the end. I knew 
kind of which direction to go because it had been written plainly. And I believe this, that God is calling us to write where God is taking us so that we can run with this together. Whenever we know what it is we're called to do, we can run faster because we're not worried about what's around us or behind us. We can run. And I believe that God is calling us to a place, and I'll talk more about this tonight, but we've been talking about the fact that God is calling this church to run after him. He's calling us to pursue him with everything that we've got, to pursue him in greater ways. And I believe as God is building this house, there's some material that I believe he's using. I believe there's some things that he's using that's helping this house to fill up and to be built. Number one, I believe that is hunger for more of him. I am so glad in the last few months, in the last few last year, I have seen a hunger for the things of God greater than I've ever seen before. And I want to tell you this, I believe when we come to him hungry, I believe when we walk in here and we're full of ourselves and we're full of our ideas and we're full of what we want, then there's nowhere to fill anything. But when we come as empty vessels, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall, not might, not maybe, they shall be filled. And I believe as we keep coming hungry, God keeps filling us. As we keep saying, God, we want more of you, God keeps pouring out his spirit in greater ways. And I believe one of the materials God is using to build this house is marked by hunger. Amen. And then I believe there's another one. I'll say it in a minute because it comes into my three, my, my number one mandate. But there's three mandates that I believe God is calling for us to do in this season. I don't know how long that lasts. Maybe it's just this year. But I do believe there's three things that God specifically spoke for us to do. Number one, and this is kind of a continuation because it's been happening for a while. But I believe we're called to bring in the harvest. We're called to bring in the harvest. I wish we had the numbers, and we don't have them right now on hand, but I would say estimating how, many, how much my arm has hurt over the last few baptisms <laughs> that we have baptized in the last year, probably easily over 100 people in the last year have been baptized. And we want this to be a church, a place where we can come and see the harvest be fulfilled. We can see God bring in the harvest. Jesus said, look up, the fields are white unto harvest. I believe this, if we're not careful, we look at the world and everything going on, and we, we, we think everything's going to hell in a handbasket, and we see everything, and we don't understand everything, and we've got all this stuff right now in our world. We are in the greatest crisis of mental health since World War II. If I can say that right, I, my, my Mississippi slang, I just say World War II really fast. And hopefully you get it. But we are in the greatest mental health crisis since that time in our nation. We are seeing drugs flood into over, over, over the, the borders coming in. And because of that, we are seeing addictions and things being at an all-time high. It's a pandemic in and of itself. We are seeing all these things happen in our life. Families being destroyed. Things happening. Weird objects in the sky like a balloon. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Had to say that. Sorry. Had to throw that in there. Sorry. But all these things are happening. But here is the awesome thing. I do believe that we are, I believe that that we have the, the answer. I believe there are other things. I'm actually working with, with people right now around here trying to help with mental health stuff, and I've been asked to, to do some things. But you know what we bring to the table? We don't have a facility. We don't have, we bring one thing to the table that other groups outside of here that are secular groups don't bring. We bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. We bring the answer. We bring the solution. 
solution that can set the captives free. It's nothing wrong with having these other programs, but we are the one thing that makes the difference that we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe we have the answer to what the world is looking for. Jesus is the thing that's going to set the addict free. Jesus is the one that can bring people their mind back. Jesus is the one that can restore and change lives. And I believe Jesus is still the answer for what we need in this world today. Amen? And we believe that the harvest is coming in. We want to be a part of that. One of the things I love about our church is I believe we're marked by broken people, and I love that. One of the, the other tools I believe God is calling is to be a place for those that are misfits and dreamers, those the world has rejected, those the world has looked down on. Listen to what Peter said there. He said, you were rejected by men, but chosen by God. Man might have called you a lot of things. Man might have called you a loser. Man might have called you an addict. Man might have looked at you and said, you're nothing more than all of these problems. But Jesus says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Who, and I believe this. We are called to be a place where the unlovable can come in and be loved on. Where those can come in and say, you know what? Church ain't for me. I'm not used to that place. But they can come in and they can find a place where where they feel they are accepted and loved and we, we show them the love of Christ and the gospel. Amen? Back at my birthday, I don't say this to brag. I always get nervous when I tell personal stories. I'm not just bragging, but I just, this is where I know to get stories from, okay? But my birthday, Sarah just kind of quickly tried to get a few people together, some couples and, and some friends um, to just go eat pizza for my birthday. And so I'm sitting there afterwards thinking about the people that were there. And, I mean, these are people that I love dearly. So I'm, but I'm looking at these people, and I just started kind of thinking about this because of the five men represented, three of them, so the majority, three of them have had issues in their life with methamphetamine. All three of them have been in prison at one point in their life, at least jail. All, one of them uh, has lived an alternative lifestyle for a long time. They all, one of them almost died from addiction. And I looked at these people and I said, Lord, thank you that those are my kind of people. That's my kind of people. I sat across the desk from one of our general officials the other day at our headquarters. I'd been invited up, and I said this on a Wednesday night, but I'd been invited up to, um, to a prayer meeting they had. And we prayed, and he asked me if I could come in his office afterwards and talk to him. And we're sitting there in this big, nice office where I used to work, and I'm sitting across the desk from this man who I love dearly. And I love all the people there. I'm not knocking this. It's just, it's just what organized religion kind of creates. And so you're up there, and you feel the kind of stuffiness of church. And I, I told him, I said, sir, I love you dearly, and I love all the people that I just prayed with. But I'll be honest with you, you give me a room full of addicts any day, and I'm a lot more comfortable than I am with all those church folks. Because the truth is this, we're all broken and we want to be a place where, because I believe that's who Jesus hung out with was the broken people. And we want to be a place where the broken can come home. We want to be a place where people can find healing. Listen, I believe in physical healing, 
We'll pray for healing all day, every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I believe in physical healing, so don't misunderstand me. But I believe this is a house where people who have been hurt by the world, been hurt out there, hurt maybe by church, they can come in and find a place of healing and wholeness. They can find a place where God puts them back together. And we want to be a place that brings in the harvest, that brings them in. Listen, we're not just reeling in one kind of fish. We're not a church trying to get just one group of people. We're not just going after white folks or black folks or brown folks. We're not going after rich folks or poor folks. We're throwing out the net and saying, come on in, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. This is for everybody. This isn't for one group or the other. You realize that whenever you fish with a rod and reel, you go after one thing, usually. If you're going to catfish, you know what you're doing. But if you throw a net, whatever comes in, you're going to get You're going to get it. And I want you to know we're not up here with a rod and reel going after one group of folks, uh, aged, uh, young or old. We are going after whoever God wants to bring in here. Throw out the net and bring them in. Bring them in. Amen. But I believe we have another mandate. I believe the next mandate is this. And I, the Lord spoke this to me just the last couple weeks. He said, okay, I'm bringing them to you. But what are you going to do with them? And I believe the second mandate is this. We have to disciple the harvest. It's not enough just to bring in the harvest and have a big church. I'm glad that we're packed today. Praise the Lord. That's great. But you know what? It's not about just having numbers so we can go brag about it and have the biggest church or whatever. I could care less about that kind of stuff. What I want to see is people being discipled. Because as we sang earlier, the wind's going to blow and the storm's going to come. But whenever your foundation is the rock of Christ Jesus, then no matter what comes your way, you will stand strong because you have a foundation. You have been discipled and you have a foundation to build your life on. And so we want to disciple people. One of the things, and I'll be honest, you'll see this in my third point, one of the hardest things for us right now of doing some of the things we want to do is, is, is space. Space is our problem. We don't have the, the room to do what we would like to do. Almost every single room in this entire building is used up every single Sunday. But, and I'll talk about that more in a minute, but I feel like one of the things that we need to do, um, and we, we, I'll unveil this later and kind of roll this out, but I'm, this is Vision Sunday, so I'm just throwing this out there, casting the vision for it. Um, and I believe you're good to cast. The Bible says don't cast your pearls before swine, but I believe you're ready for this. So I, that's why I'm casting it out. Here's what it is. I believe... We learn better, you'll hear me say this a lot over the next few months, we learn better in circles than we do in rows. And I believe God is calling us to, to start circles on Wednesday night where we come in for six or eight weeks at a time and we break up into different Bible studies and we learn together then come back together. I can teach for a while, but then we're going to be in a, in a routine of doing this where we are breaking up together to be discipled because you are discipled when there's less people and you can talk about things and grow than just coming in and listening. Now, I'm not trying to get out of speaking, okay? I, I speak about four times a week. I'm not trying to get out of speaking. What I'm saying is this. You need the Word of God live in your heart and that happens as iron sharpens iron that happens when we come together we've got the hub that meets on Sunday mornings out there during the first service we got over about 50 something people showing up they had to get chairs every week we're, we're going to continue stuff like that and we would have more classes on Sunday mornings if we had more space we literally don't have more space but I believe on Wednesday nights we're going to have to figure it all out but the Lord's going to help us but I believe we're called to be in circles so that we can grow together so we're called to bring in the harvest and then we're called to disciple the harvest and then number three we are called to build for the future build for the future I don't know what the what it looks like I don't have any idea 
All I know is this. We, we're running out of space here. And I'll tell you more tonight. I'll be more specific tonight about everything if you're able to come out. But I will say this, that we have to find a way. And, and, and if it grows bigger than that, then we may have to do something. To, I don't know. I, one step at a time is all that we're doing. One step at a time. But I believe that God is calling us to at least build a sanctuary where we can try our best to, to move some stuff so that we have more room to do what God is calling us to do. And tonight, I'm going to lay that out. I'll explain it to you a little bit more. And, but I'll be honest with you. This is, this is God doing the impossible. The impossible. Several years ago, we wanted to open the Hope Center, and it was $100,000 at the time to help get it started. And I stood up here. I stood other places. And the, the, the guy asked me, um, he said, how long do you think it will take you? And I said, a year. He said, a year? I said, man, if, I'll be lucky if we get a year. I'm not a fundraiser. I hate asking people for money. I'm the one that comes up to you and says, you probably don't want to buy this, and you're probably going to hate it if you do, but would you like to buy this off me today? That's the way I am. I am not a, I am not a fundraiser. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. And he said, okay, well, let me know when you're getting closer to your date, when you think you can raise it. I called him six weeks later, and we had $100,000 raised. I said this on a Wednesday night. My dad used an old cliche, but he told me the other day. I was telling him, Dad, I don't know. He said, son, always remember this. If it's God's deal, it's God's bill. If it's God's deal, it's God's bill. That the Lord is the one that can provide what you need when you need it. And what I'm saying to you is this. What it looks like God wants to do. I believe that God wants to launch something out of here. Listen, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't say this in the first service. We're in Purcell, Oklahoma. I love this place. I don't mean that bad. But this is not the place. Sonny, I'm gonna, can I tell your story real quick? Real quickly. Here's a lady on the front row here that was in Texas homeless, in a shelter with her son, and looked up on Marketplace in Texas, and a house in Purcell, Oklahoma came up. She said, I never heard of that little place in my entire life, called it. They said, we got a house for you, and they moved up here. The church has adopted them. They've been saved, baptized, all kinds of things happening. <clears throat> Listen, God, God is drawing people. God is drawing people. Purcell, Oklahoma, I don't mean that bad, but I, I want to look at it and say, what are we among so many? I mean, we're a small town. People go to Norman to bypass us. But God is doing something here in the heart of Oklahoma that is unique and that is different. And I believe revival is coming out of the heart. Out of the heart, God is bringing revival to our nation. God is bringing revival. God is doing something. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I have no idea. I'm not trying to put limits on it. I'm not trying to say it's got to look like this. I want to keep God out of the box. But all I know is there is something happening right now. And I believe we are called to bring in the harvest. God, here's the thing. that Dr. Ronald Carpenter used to tell me, my boss, he used to say this. He said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of that opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the, the lifetime of that opportunity. In other words, that there's an open door and there's a closed door. That's with everything in life. There's seasons. And listen to me. If you bypass it, sometimes it's a long time before the train comes back around. And my thing is this. I don't want to push us forward in a way that God doesn't want, but I also don't want to miss what God is doing in the moment. I believe the waters are being troubled. I believe God is doing something, and we're going to go with caution and by faith. And by caution, all I mean is we're not going to just be goofy about things. 
things, but we're going to go forward by faith, believing he that began that good work will complete it in us. And I believe God is calling us to bring in the harvest, disciple the harvest, and build for the future, and to see what God wants to do here. Amen? Amen. I'm almost done. What is it going to take to make this happen? Turn to John chapter 17 very quickly. You can read it up there. John 17. I want to read several verses of scripture, and I'll, I'll be done. Jesus said this. This is Jesus praying. When Jesus prays, my ears perk up because he's praying for us. And I want to know, what is he praying for me? I'm saying, Lord, pray that I get everything that I ever wanted. He didn't pray that. He specifically here didn't even pray certain things for us. I, I, know, he, I know God believes in healing and all that stuff or, you know, helping us, strength. He didn't pray that for us. He prayed one specific thing for us. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Everybody say one. one. As you, Father, in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, and they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be perfect in, made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Pastor Jim Rayleigh is a pastor out of Florida that I follow, and he said this this week. He said, unity is the price for revival. Unity is the price for revival. Throughout the Bible, when God did anything, the Bible says in Nehemiah, when they gathered to build the temple, they gathered as one person, as one man. They gathered together. On the day of Pentecost, they were in one mind and in one accord, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And I believe this. We, and I'll say more about this tonight. we got to fight for unity because the devil likes division. He likes two visions, division. He likes to divide and conquer, and he will do everything he can to try to divide the body of Christ. He will do everything he can to try to shut down what God is trying to do. But I believe we've got to come together in unity. We've got to say we are not letting anything steal unity from us. We will be one going forward. We're going forward together as the army of God. Not this group over there or that group over there. We together as the people of God are going forward to see God do the impossible. To see more people reach. There's still one more person that needs to be saved. There's still one more addict that needs to be set free. There's still one more family that needs to be restored. There is still one more out there that needs to hear the gospel. And because of that, we will stand and go forward together in Christ. Amen. Will the worship team join me? I'm almost done. I believe what God is calling us to is something he's building. It's not something that man is building. It's not something that one person can take credit for. But he's doing it. And I believe this. He's building a house. Benjamin loves hotels. I don't understand it, the enthusiasm. We literally go out here. We were going to McDonald's the other day. And he's like, Let's stay in the hotel. Benjamin, we live here. I'm like, you literally have a house with all your toys, but he wants to go to Holiday Inn and stay in the hotel. He likes, because when he goes to hotels, I push him in that little cart, and, you know, he sits on it, 
I forget that he's that Boston's not his age. I put him on one last time. He literally was falling off, not to bust his head on the concrete, and we barely caught him just in time. Uh, but Benjamin gets on that cart, and I push him around. He goes and pushes the elevator button. He loves a hotel. He's traveled enough in his three years to know, and he wants to go stay at a hotel. Here's the thing about a hotel. We don't live there. We visit it. We go, and literally, with our boys, within like 30 minutes, the room is just ransacked. Ransacked. We don't live there. The Bible doesn't say that God's building a hotel. He's not building a place he wants to come visit. He's building a house where his spirit can dwell. He's building a place where he can live. And he's doing something to build it. You are the material. You as lively stones, alive people. He's using people to be the building blocks. And I want you to know today, you matter to Landmark Church. You're not a number. You matter. Your gifts matter. Your destiny matters to us. That God created you on purpose. And he gave you a destiny. And he placed you at Landmark Church for such a time as this. So that your giftings could make a difference in the body of Christ. And I believe this. As we come together as one, we are being built up into a house that he can dwell. Listen, it's not, it's not me. I can't take credit. Pastor Ethan, none of this, Pastor Corbin, none of the staff. At the end of the day, we want to know one thing. We want to be known one thing. That it is the presence of God that is making the difference. It's not a person. And here's the thing. The, the house he's building, he is going to dwell. And I believe that he is building this house here. So I want us to sing this song one more time. The Lord gave it to me back in December. I heard the song on the radio. And it's not normally a song that we would do in worship. But I just felt like the Lord spoke to me in that moment. He said, have him sing that song on Vision Sunday. Because I am building my house. I am building something. Listen to me. He is building the church of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing about his church. We're going to sing it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we are standing as one. Would you stand with me as one today? And let's sing this song. Then we're going to have a prayer before we go today. Just in my own strength, but it was sinking sand. So I put my ruins into your hands and watch you restore them like only you can. If the Lord builds a house, nobody can tear it down. If the Lord a house nobody can tear it down when it's built on his name there's nothing gonna shake this ground if the lord builds a house nobody can tear it down Ooh. the bricks may be weathered storming through fire but what God holds together stands firm every time. Cause my life is anchored on this solid truth that whatever God's will 
beside you like a chain because I want here's the reason why we are listen we are being built and I believe this is a chain that is not easily broken when the enemy comes in I believe the chain is going to last when the enemy tries to destroy we are connected we are connected through Christ and each other that we are in this together we are not in this for our own thing we are in this together and together we can see God do the impossible. Together, we can see God do what he wants to do in lives turned around. So, Father, right now, as we are linked together, we stand as one. Father, thank you for all that you've done this last year. Father, we believe that you're, we're just getting started for all that you want to do. And, Father, as we just sang, we throw you the keys. And we say, this is your house. This isn't our house. This is your house. Father, you're building your house. And I just pray that you build it in a way that lives continue to be changed. Father, we are grateful for all that you've done. But Father, we believe there's still one more that needs to hear the gospel. So use Landmark Church to be a place that brings in the harvest, that disciples the harvest, and help us to build for the future, for what you want to do. And Father, at the end of the day, we are grateful for your presence that is with us, making all of this possible. We thank you for changing lives. Hey everybody, thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.